Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you uh, today? Hi, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. Oh, my levels are all wrong. Ooh. You sound good to me. <clears throat> Everything sounds hot. It all comes out different all the time. My computer's just, it's, it's a chaos machine. I know. I did. I think I fixed something on my computer I'm pretty excited about. What'd you do? What happened? You ever get the uh, FS Events D running crazy? I have seen that. Sure, of course. Everyone yeah, I, I uh, sees I that, that from time to time. I think I tracked that down. I think it comes... <laughs> this is where I am today. Having used the Mac since 1987. I'm guessing what problem this was. I'm guessing what I needed to do to fix it. And I'm guessing that what I did worked. Mm. <clears throat> you, uh, you run a disk repair on your time machine uh, volume. Okay. No, I don't see it as much. I was getting up to 90-some percent FS events D. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's the one uh, that you're talking Yeah, sure. Is that, a, is that a, if it's D, it's a demon. Is that right? If it's D, it's a demon. D is for, D is for demon. D is for da- Damon. Da- Matt, Matt Demon. Matt Demon Process. Right? If, the, if man is five. Of, uh, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck and the, and, the, and the devil is six, then God is seven. You know, I got the D, speaking of Ds, I got the DC of DD. Uh, I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Have you seen the director's cut of Daredevil? No. No, I've barely seen the regular movie of Daredevil. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm jonesing hard for more superhero movies, and I'm kind of going back in the back catalog looking for the, as uh, Anthony Johnston would say, the unjustly maligned ones. And uh, I got the DC. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I haven't seen the original, so I don't know if it's better, but it seems kind of better. That's all I had to say about that. Yeah. You were going to say about Ben Affleck? What? I, I was just going to say that, you know, like, who do you think is the more powerful, bigger uh, strength of the two of them, the dream, the dream team, Come Ben Affleck on. and Matt, We've Matt all Damon. known this. We have all known this. Well, we can't say. Ben Affleck's a very powerful man. He has one of the best toupees in the industry, and I don't want to say anything to get him on my bad side. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I think the little guy probably did a lot of the work. I have that same feeling. Yeah. Did you see Interstellar? I know you've seen it, but what did you think oh, of Matt my. Damon in that movie? Oh. I didn't get to that part. I didn't know he was in it. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. You stopped. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. Mm. Mm. I, I saw that trailer and I had the same feeling that I had when I saw the, was it Man of Steel? Is that the one where he's a little boy? Yeah, that's him. Same feeling. You know how this is. There's some movies where like it's, there's some, there's, so there are some movies where the trailer does not do the movie justice. And then there are other ones where the trailer is way better than the movie. And uh, with the Interstellar, I saw that in the theater, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, this looks really good, really ambitious." And uh, then John Roderick kind of ruined me on it on, on an episode a few weeks ago, and I thought, you know what, I should watch this because I'll bet it's better than it seems. And because, and, and again, I mean, am I wrong? Some people like swear that it's like a game-changing movie. They walked out of the theater. Like feeling like it was like 2001. They walked out going like, I have a different view. How? Where? where, What made? I want you to watch the whole movie so we can talk about it. But there is absolutely nothing that took place for me from the beginning to the end of that movie that that did anything like changing a game of any anyone's. I don't see how that could change anyone's game. I don't see how that could change anything for anybody. It was there was some all right acting. The effects were were great. But I know that one, one guy said to me on Twitter after I was sort of tweeting my displeasure with the movie, he, he Ooh. said, yeah, he said, uh, he said, well, you, you did yourself a disservice by not seeing it on IMAX. I said, well, you know what? I saw the Godfather for the first time on like a 12 inch black and white TV. It was still a great movie. Like, come on. Like the Godfather on IMAX would be pretty cool too, but it doesn't change it whether it's really, a good movie. Really, really loud organ chords as well. <laughs> 
there's certain sounds that have entered into the pantheon of, of big screen movie sounds that um, can be very effective, but are a little bit played. Here, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. First of all, people don't write to me. I mean, write to me. Sure. But email Dan, but I, um, <clears throat> I'm going to not only finish it, but I'm probably going to watch it twice because a lot of people I respect say it gets better the second time, which does the interstellar. Really? Well, you got to see it twice to know, I guess. And I've I've made that same prescription with the Big Lebowski, so it's the least I could do. Am I wrong? No, but anyway, <laughs> I, I'm gonna. It's just you know what it was. Okay, first of all, I want to also say that I differ from my good friend, uh, candidate John Roderick. I differ in one <laughs> regard. I don't think it's impossible <laughs> to care about Matthew McConaughey. Can I go on the record? No. John has John has stipulated it's impossible to care about Matthew McConaughey. I disagree. I think he can be awesome. I, I think, cared about him in True Detective. Yeah, but I mean, he's kind of just doing Matthew McConaughey he's sitting there on the porch being real yeah. philosophical with a bottle of beer. And it's like, oh, God. Ugh. And and like <laughs> the okra crop. Jesus. Anyway, I'm going to give it another chance. It's the least I can do. And uh, that guy, I, you know, I like his movies. Did you see the Honest trailer for Interstellar? The Honest trailer. Yeah, it's these uh, these video people. They do, uh, they do funny things. They do... Um, I think based largely on requests via Twitter, they'll decide what to do next and they'll, they'll do a, a trailer for the movie, but they'll do what, what the trailer should have been. Oh. And it's, you know, no spoilers, but it kind of uh, amplifies how baffling and kind of nonsensical elements of the script are. And uh, I don't know. The problem is I said it last, last week, I guess. I, I think it's a, based on the half of the movie I watched, it's a beautifully executed disaster. I mean, it looks really good and people cry and stuff and it's got lots of the button pushing stuff that's, you know, it's done kind of effectively, but I came away with a similar feeling to to Man of Steel, which I also didn't, we we left the theater during Man of Steel. It was just too much. That was the worst movie ever. It was, it really, I don't know. See, on the one hand, like uh, there's this part of me that thinks like, I, I sound like I'm trying to encourage cliches and I'm not, but like, in order for, for, for a movie to resonate with me, um, I, I think sometimes, this is really dumb, but I, I guess I feel like sometimes a movie has to honor the, not only the kind of mythology of the character, it has to, yeah, it has to have a new twist on that character in order to have something fresh to say. Like, don't tell me the origin story again, just do that. But in the case of Superman, I feel like it has to honor the exuberance of that character and the fans' love of that character. I'm not saying like fan service, like kiss everybody's butt, but like Superman can't be a dick. You know, it's like, it seems like if anything else, Superman would like find a way to try and clear out a town rather than destroy it. You know, I don't know. But it was too dark. Now, is that Zack Snyder? Yeah, that was him. Sure. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get, I just, there was so much about that movie that was wrong. We, you know, I, I fully appreciate the concept of updating a character for the times moving a character forward, evolving the character to make more sense in, in the world of today, the Christopher Reeve Superman that we grew up with that we saw when we were kids wouldn't necessarily work in today's yeah. world. He was, it, a, even though he was an update for that time. Yes. Very in much. In a lot of ways. No, he was, I, but I mean, they got, they really got Christopher Reeve. I mean, I'm reluctant to ever say who's one success it was but it was a very richard donner whoever the writers it was very successful at achieving the fish out of water feeling yes of chaotic filthy well you know we'll say it manhattan right <laughs> you know it you know but you know it's um 
I think they really got that. The Lois Lane character was such a great update. It was she was like a like a powerful woman without having to go. Oh, you know, look, she's a powerful woman. Like she was just there were classic characters. Every it was. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but you're right. It's 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 so the new hard. Movie, a, the new here's the problem with it. It didn't feel like Superman at all. And as awful as some of those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were, the first one for sure, and the second one, I think it felt like Spider-Man. The reboot, oh, especially, of the, especially the second one. The I second think. one, the, the reboot of the Spider-Man to me didn't feel like Spider-Man to me. Now, is that is is that a criticism? No, the acting was fine, the effects were fine. It didn't feel like Spider-Man. Now you're going to say, "Oh well, Dan, you're just holding on to this old notion of these old characters. It doesn't hold up." You know what? No, because Iron Man. Sure felt more like Iron Man than any Iron Man I'd ever read or seen oh, before. 100%. And the Avengers feels because more got, like the Avengers. Uh, yeah, I agree. And in the case of, at least to me, and I'm not like, I'm not a comics veteran, but like with Iron Man, well, how did they achieve that? By finding somebody who was able to get to the heart of the Iron Man character in a way that somebody who'd never picked up the comic book could get in five minutes. Right. Like he, his characterization like I, like we've talked about when he's riding around in the Humvee with the soldiers, like yeah. you get so much about Tony Stark <laughs> in in those things. <laughs> and Monty eighty three in the chat room says, and Batman, and it same thing. The Nolan Batman movies are more Batman uh, than than I've ever seen Batman out of the comics. You know, it new Batman, like like last twenty five thirty years. Yes, Batman. yes, yeah. And and it's it's updated Batman. Sure, it's different. It's all of the, but then then you turn your attention to the Superman movie and it feels so wrong it the actor that they cast for superman could have been great he could have been great it's the movie surrounding him that yeah. i feel is wrong he looks like superman he, he he's got the movements that superman would have uh but it just doesn't feel like any any superman that we've ever known and the th- the essence of the character like you're getting to is is not there right and yes and i think I'm kind of obsessed. I'm kind of double re re obsessed with the with Watchmen lately. I've been oh really yeah. I've been rereading it, watching the movie. Um, um, Kieran Gillen, the uh, Marvel mainly Marvel comics artist, did a presentation on Watchmen that I uh, put up on my uh, website that I'll uh, link to. Just talking about as a fan, it's kind of this erratic anarchic 37 minute presentation on the Watchmen and just all the stuff that you kind of know about it and like just what it means to be a fan and what, what, what this comic did Watchmen, especially in a post Watchmen age, I'll even say in a post Spider-Man age, even after whatever, 1962 or whatever, it's like the, the, the comic book characters, the superheroes, I'll say, especially the superheroes that resonate with me need a couple things to be really sticky um, you know, one of them is I, I'm always interested in people who got their got their powers in a way that they kind of never would have wanted. It's one reason I love the X-Men. I love the X-Men in part because most of them started off their life being outcasts um, and being not really understanding what it is they're dealing with. You know, it's almost like the first time, well, not the first time probably, but the time Harry Potter's at the zoo and he finds out he can talk to the snake. I was talking to my daughter about that scene and like how interesting it is that he probably had lots of things like that happen that he couldn't explain, but he didn't want to be weird. So he didn't obsess about it. He didn't think about it. If anything, he probably tried to blot it out. You know, you think about like Angel trying to cut off his wings and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. So first of all, you've got to have a power. It should be kind of cool. It helps to have a cool outfit and stuff. But really the basic thing in a Marvel, post-Marvel age superhero I look for is somebody who um, got to those powers in an interesting way through some kind of crucible maybe. 
didn't really want what they have. Um, and they have a really conflicted relationship with what they, what they do and how it affects the world. And obviously in Watchmen, that's a huge factor. There's only one real superhero in Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan, and everybody else is just trying to fight crime. The Minutemen just want to go out and, you know, and fight crime. And I don't know, I guess I, I, to me, and I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but when you, when you get away from that and you either go in the one direction, you go too far into, let's just blow things up or on the other, you know, other direction, you get to like, mired in the times in the case of like the new spider-man like that feels more like an homage to spider-man right. than Spider in a lot of ways it's not it's not poorly done but okay let's take a great example iron man i think is arguably the one of the greatest movie examples but the other one's uh, spider-man 2 where you get i mean in order to be peter parker you have to be a kid you have to be poor you have to be to be peter parker you have to always be out of money that's right. really the important to Spider-Man. Yeah. It's, it's not just a running joke. It's a big part of his character. And you also have to be quietly, but not morosely ob- obsessed with not being able to do enough, even as you try to do things like make money. And like, that's been a great story since the early 60s. And, and you know, when he's trying to deliver the pizzas at the beginning, like it's, it's such a perfect Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's riding. He's riding around. He's trying to deliver these pizzas. He's trying not to mess up things with his girlfriend. Because if he does it one more time, he's going to get fired. Right. And you know that, but that is truly the the situation that he's in. As much as he has these powers, he's still very much a guy who generally things don't go his way. And that's what makes Peter Parker such an endearing and fun character is that he's not the, the cool guy. kid. You really feel for him. Yeah. Do you watch The Flash? Uh, you know what? You you have recommended this to me, and I'm I'm thinking about starting to to watch this because I've heard a lot of good things about it. I'm not a big fan of The Flash. And I'm not a big think, fan of DC. You, I, yeah, I don't think you need to be. It's, I mean, it's not, it's certainly not as gritty as an Alan Moore comic. Right. <laughs> but, it, but even in the case of the guy who plays Barry Allen, he's a much more exuberant young man who gets this crazy power. The pilot's fantastic. I mean, you, I think, you know, you can at least watch the pilot. Oh, I can do I, that. I watched it like four times. It's really, it was, my kid and I love this show. But, um, but part of what makes Barry, Barry Allen interesting, at least in, I'm, again, I'm not at all familiar with the Flash in comics. I've never read the Flash. I mean, I guess if he was involved with like the Justice League, I would know, but like I, I've never been like a fan, I never followed him. But, but Barry Allen really, he's, he is, he's not like morose, even though his father was killed or his mother was killed and his father went to jail for it unjustly, he believes. He can't really prove that, but he wants to prove that. So, I mean, that's there, but it's not like he's sitting around like, you know, with, with a glass of cheap whiskey in the middle of the night. What he's discovering is he's got this power, but he's still pulled in all these different directions. On the one hand, his adoptive, he's kind of in love with his adoptive sister. Uh, he's kind of really in love with her. And his uh, adoptive father is a cop who has to go out and solve these crimes. On the other hand, he's involved with Star Labs. Star Labs, Dr. Wells, is really all about Barry learning to get great at his powers, which hmm. Barry, Barry's like, I'm already pretty great at this, but he's got to keep practicing. He's got to do more. And it's got all these different little tensions that they don't push too far. Then you introduce interesting supervillains into this. And it's, it's a fun CW show. But even in that case, what I'm trying to say is even in fairly, relative, especially compared to Arrow, relatively light uh, TV entertainment, you can really get that about this character without losing his basic youth and exuberance and befuddlement at times about what to do with this power that he has. Like, that's always going to be interesting to me. Like, that's why, I, as much as I like Thor and I especially like the, uh, what's Hemsworth's version of Thor, I think he's great at it. You never get this feeling that he's at all conflicted about being Thor. Like, the first movie's fun because, why is the first movie fun? Because he comes to Earth 
and uh, he kind of doesn't have all his powers anymore. Now he's interesting again, mm-hmm. right? Now he, he he can't just like make lightning come out of the sky with his little hardware. You know, it's anyway. Yeah, it's weird, and it, it's certainly a matter of taste. But uh, I, how did we start talking about this Interstellar? Yeah, I, I liked. Uh, I think the Dark Knight is one of the great movies. It's still a little too long. It's kind of two movies. It's kind of three movies. But I think the Dark Knight, not just because of Heath Ledger, but I think the Dark Knight is is a pretty high bar for what you can do with with a comic book movie. Oh, absolutely! It's, do you agree? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that it's one of those movies that will stick around as the definitive Batman movie of that this time period. The way that you know, for better or for worse, like the Michael Keaton Joker Batman movie from with from Tim Burton, that was the Batman for that time. I remember being in high school at that time, and it was like <laughs> I can say a hero. Yeah. What's a hero? <laughs> Sorry, don't know. Get but, me started. No, but but like it really was very much that they the correct version of Batman for that time. I think the movie you're talking about, correct version of Batman for this time, and that will change again in another ten or fifteen years. I'm sure, maybe less. But I I don't have anything negative to say about that movie. It was it, there are things I don't necessarily like about it as much today as I did when I first saw it. But as a movie. It's 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 really great. It is, and it certainly doesn't hurt that not only is Heath Ledger has like the role of a lifetime in that, improbably, but also that the Joker is, I think, arguably the greatest comic book villain of all time. Oh, I mean, for sure, I, absolutely. I, I think that I'm aware of anyway. I think he's he's such a perfect foil. And the other the thing with Batman, and I know you know this even more, way more than me, but the the. I don't mean I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging Bruce Wayne or Batman, but I, but I am. I think what makes Batman great is he is he is kind of a classist psychopath in a lot of ways. He's a psychopathic orphan who's never going to be able to get over for you know probably he could probably try harder to get over how he is, but he's not gonna. And so he takes this certain route. And I mean, I guess probably starting with the um, the Frank Miller comic, uh, whatever in '87, you get that feeling that this guy's a nut. There's he's he is kind of a psychopath is probably the wrong word, but he is not completely in control of how he sees the world and behaves and it manifests itself in some very violent ways. But that actually makes him really interesting. He's not a conventional hero in that way. And getting at that in something like The Dark Knight, if you want to and, and again, you can go to something like not is it um it's not killing joke. Is it death of the family? But there's the one where the Joker's like, hey, you know what your problem is? Your problem is I need you to be my nemesis. So I need to get rid of all these people in your life that right. are holding you back. Is that death in the family? I think it is. Yeah. So it's, it's the one where he's the janitor or yep. where he's, yeah. But like, I love the idea of the Joker going, look, we're so much more alike than you realize. And the, your problem is you're surrounded by people that are giving you bad information and are, are dragging you down and making you mediocre. I need you to be crazier. <laughs> But, you know, if you think back, the way that the Joker has has evolved over time, like the killing joke really explores him in a different in a different way as far as the origin. And then you have death in the family, all of these different things that you bring. It it modernizes the character without losing what the character is. So back to the Superman thing, this modernized the character and completely lost everything that made Superman cool. You know what I mean? You've even right. got him like, like okay, spoiler alert. 
Like he's killing people in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is the completely wrong kind of Superman. Don't don't give us that Superman. It sucked. It really yeah. sucked. Superman was the guy that didn't kill people. Wolverine was the guy that killed people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like Deadpool. Deadpool. That's a different kind of. That's a different kind of franchise. Totally. Yeah. 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 I I, I agree. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hey, um, we got a lot of sponsors today. You should tell me about something you like. I would like to tell you about a, a new one. It's Jack Threads. This is a really cool uh, company. Uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, shopping, I think, on this show. And most guys, I think it's a stereotype, but I think it's a stereotype. Can you have a t- stereotype that's true? Yeah, it's called truth. It's called truth. It's like having an imaginary friend that's real. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, shopping for clothes for most guys, like we don't like to do it. It's it can pretend some guys would even go so far as to say that it, it's a it's a nightmare. But there is a, a secret uh, helping elf called Jack Threads. Hello. And the Jack Threads makes shopping really, really simple to do. They curate their selection. They take brands that you've heard of or, or, or brands that you've heard of or brands that you want to hear about. And they put them together in one place. And they also have really cool stuff that you can't get anywhere else. And this is the thing. Like, you want a good value when you're shopping. And a lot of guys, like, you'll get a few pairs of jeans. You're like, okay, I'm set for jeans for a couple of years, but I need different shirts. I don't want to wear the same four or five shirts over and over every that's my Tuesday shirt. You need to do better than that. And that's what Jack Threads will help you do. They have a really cool selection. But uh, so when they, they came to sponsor, I already knew about them, but uh, I wanted to try the whole experience. So I went through it and I, I said, okay, I'm going to buy a couple shirts. But I found that they have a lot more than just shirts there. They have really cool stuff. They have a, a bar of soap. They have a, a line of soap on there called Dr. Squatch, which is like Sasquatch. And uh, I got that. And immediately now my kid is like actually using the soap in the shower because it had a picture of Sasquatch on the box. And uh, I got a really cool mug that when you put a hot liquid in it, the it has dinosaurs on the outside. And, and you put a hot liquid in the dinosaurs, their skin not in a gross way, fades away and you see their bones and you see that instead of being in a jungle, they're in their bones or in a museum. It's very cool. Like they've got watches. They've got all kinds of great, great stuff. Really, really cool shopping cart that actually works. And uh, you're going to get 15% off. If you go to Jack threads, dot com slash back to work spelled out and the code to use to get that 15% is back to work. So uh, go and check it out. Jack Threads, elevated style, air a day. That's their, uh, they're going to have to run with that. So anyway, mm. thanks very much to Jack Threads. Jackthreads.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to them for making this show possible. Wonderful, uh, wonderful shopping experience. Thank you, Jack Threads. I'll have to check that out. I could use some soap. You can get the soap. You can get a mug. You can get. I don't think soap is what it used to be. Sure. It's hard for me to find a soap that I'm happy with. Mm. It's hard. It's hard. And I like to wash. Don't get me wrong. My clothes are filthy, but I'm 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 clean, <clears throat> super clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, we've got a lot to talk about. Comics. And now, now all I want to do is talk about comics. Yeah, me too. Damn it. Um, Let's just talk about comics. You know, here's the thing. Like I, um, I, hmm, I shouldn't get into this. I'll get into it. Killing joke is killing pretty, joke is pretty gross. There's a lot that I I reading it now. It's, I, it, yeah, it seems worse now. It seems much worse now. And there's things in it that are like, wow, this is... I can't believe DC printed this. How did DC print it? It's really a... Te- there's so much about it that's just flat out terrible and inappropriate. And were we so naive as a comic book reading 
society that it didn't bother us back then or what? I, I don't. Think I, I can just speak for myself. Um, I read it. I've read it a couple times and I think I first read it probably a year or two ago, but I don't know. Uh, we're living in a post women in refrigerators. Age. Yes. Thank God. And, um, I have to say, um, my sensibilities, even in the last six months, even the last three months, my sensibilities about that stuff continue to evolve. And a lot of stuff that I, um, I mean, it's not like I read that and went, Ooh, boy, she gets crippled. This is awesome. Yeah, or, right. Oh my gosh, look what they're doing. You know, even then I was like, you know, that's, it's an Ellen Moore joint. Like some bad stuff is going to happen. But so, um, and I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I want to applaud myself for being so progressive. But on the other hand, I want to say like, it still is really good though. <laughs> it's the thing. Cause just because it's so good at showing what the Joker would do. I mean, I have conflicted feelings about it, much more conflicted than I would have a year ago. But it is as a, as a graphic novel, it's a, it's still a pretty stunning read. Um, I don't know. I wonder if it would be done differently today. I wonder if it would be done at all. Uh, knowing it DC, wouldn't be. Well, knowing DC, you never know. Mm. But um, yeah, their track record's not great. But but I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of glad in some ways. Maybe they could have done it differently. I'm just going to say in the abstract at least. I'm kind of glad they went there with the Joker. That it was more than just a guy who was you know had a flower that shot gas or something. Yeah. You can see that this this guy. Is, is a deeply deranged person. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I feel weird about it. And as I, as I read these different comic books and reread them in many cases, I, you know, I'm, I'm a dad now, right? So like, I think would, would this be something I would want my kids to see or not want my kids to see or maybe see much later? And most of the stuff that I read now, I would be perfectly okay with my kids or at least the older ones seeing and, and, and experiencing in one way or another. But this is one of those, like we were actually, we were in the, the comic shop here, Austin books and comics. We were in there and it, he uh, was looking to have these magnets on those little rotating things at the end. And there's one yeah, there's of, so many of those of the Joker from the killing joke. You know, that one shot of him with the camera. No, the one with his hands up by his face with the ha 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 ha. ha, around ha, ha. Him. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so great. And, and uh, my kid looks at that and the owner of the, the comic store or the, the guy that runs it, um, uh, Brandon, really cool dude. Uh, you know, he's, he's nearby and my kid looks at it and he says, dad, what's, what's this Joker from? And he said, oh, that, that's from one called The Killing Joke. This just happened a couple of days ago. He's like, it's from The Killing Joke. He's like, I want to read that one. And I look over at Brandon, who's sort of listening. And I said, yeah, you're not going to read that one for a while. I know. I know. Yeah, I have, I have the same feeling. Where, but like, you know, for me, like stuff like The Hunger Games, The Big Lebowski, there's certain movies where I just, I say to my kid, like I cannot, or Blade Runner, like I cannot wait to watch this with you, but no, no way are you going to be watching this anytime soon. Too much personal violence. We have so much to talk about today, Dan. We have many, many issues. Uh, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. <laughs> well, let's get it out of the way. Yeah. We, we should, uh, you know, just remind people. We, actually, you know what? Uh, new information has come to light. <laughs> it, it has. What new information? First of all, uh, Dan and I are, um, are, I want to say we're big fans of The Big Lebowski, but we're nowhere near uh, the bigness of some fans. But we're big fans of the movie The Big Lebowski. And so uh, finally, after however many years we've been doing this show and making Big Lebowski references, we're going to do 5 by 5 at the movies talking about The Big Lebowski. We're going to record that on Thursday. You can listen in live. 
And um, I mean, I'm not sure what we'll really be able to say about a perfect film, but you know, we're going to give it a, a shot. Uh, the, the new information that's come to light is that uh, <laughs> they're going to kill the woman. I mean, instead that- of you know running around and you know b- blaming me. <laughs> you know, given the nature of all this, you know, you look for uh, who's going to benefit. And, uh, uh, so <laughs> she kidnapped herself, man. <laughs> that had not occurred to us. <laughs> um, you want to tell? So, uh, anyway, uh, the, here's, here's the news, new information that's come to light. My cycle is that, is that, um, you, you can now, this is really weird timing. Um, but, uh, it, we, we, I, I feel no, like, don't know. They, they really, they, they listened. That's all I'm saying is they, someone listened, uh, and put the deal together really fast. We have it, man. <laughs> Arthur Digby Sellers. Um, <laughs> you know, Brandon, those are good burgers. Anyway, um, the, po- the point is, this is going to be a great show, Dan. That's going to be the such physical a good act show. of love. Yeah. You mean coitus? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it four times in the last week. Oh my gosh! Um, and I had a breakthrough. I had a huge breakthrough. This is what you that. alluded to, right? Right. This is our concern, dude. Um. So anyway, like I say, uh, last week when we did the program a week ago today, um, we could not find uh a, a copy of the Big Lebowski that you could watch as part of a, a, a plan. We it looked like you had to purchase or rent the Big Lebowski, and on I think. Tuesday or Wednesday? <laughs> like the next day. <laughs> Talk about a weird coincidence. Netflix uh, has put The Big Lebowski back on Netflix. It, it's been there for years. I mean, it's funny. When it came back up, I saw that I'd given it five stars in 2010. So uh-huh. it, it was there before it went away. It came back. So um, it's pretty late, guys. You do not have much time to watch this movie four or five times. If you're going to participate in the uh, listening to us talk about this on Thursday, you need to get on Netflix and watch it uh, at least once. I would say really watch it twice if you can. If you haven't seen it before, watch shame it twice. On you. Yeah, shame, shame on, on you. you. If you haven't seen it before, watch it twice. If you have seen it before, yeah, uh, and and you know because this watch is it, the watch thing. it three times. <laughs> yeah, watch it five times because there's something about this movie. Now, would you say that it's it's if you have to watch them and maybe this is what you were alluding to at the beginning of our conversation about Interstellar and that I didn't like Interstellar. Maybe I need to go and watch that a second time to give it a second chance. But there's something about this particular movie, The Big Lebowski, oh. The Grand Lebowski, that uh, that it, it it's not like it requires a second time to enjoy right. it, but it requires a second or third time to begin to see the movie. Yeah, the first time you watch it, I think most people who, it seems like most people who watch it the first time go, oh, that was fun and weird and quirky maybe. Mm-hmm. But like even watching it again last night, it, there's, I, I, it's, it's an impossibly great script in a lot of ways. I mean, the performances are great. The cinematography is great. I mean, so much about it. The music is fantastic. Uh, and all of those elements are greatly enriched the more you watch it. But the, the part that I feel like I really get more every time is how, it's, and this is a this is a big Cone Brothers thing, but how can I put this in the most reductive way? In the Cone Brothers movies, there are certain like phrases or ticks or I hate to spoil this because it's kind of it's like explaining a joke. But you know, I mean, the classic of theirs being "Okay, then," like that's a phrase that appears in a lot of their yeah. movies. Um, and but there's something about the way that a very unusual uh, turn of phrase will be presented. So, like when Julianne Moore is explaining something and says, uh, "What does she say?" Um, 
um, you know, in, in the parlance of our times. Mm-hmm. She's describing sex. Or no, bone. That's right, bones. Bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hundred thousand dollars, or or bones, or something like whatever it's called in, in the parlance of our times. And so you hear this, <laughs> like who who uses who, bones? <laughs> who uses uh, is Johnson? Like who uses a phrase like that? Yeah. In nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, well, no. You one. know, but you'll hear these unusual turns of phrase, and 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 a very I will call. Not poetry exactly, but definitely what I would call elevated language. The entire way right. that that the Big Lebowski talks, you know, um, strong men cry, you know, yeah. strong men also cry. You'll hear these weird phrases, but in particular, like there's this, like through the middle of the film, I guess, especially these funny little phrases will appear and you'll think, God, that's really strange. And, and you get the feeling that maybe it's something the dude just heard for the first time because mm-hmm. then he uses the phrase. Yeah, he in will the next use scene. those phrases continually in, in the following scenes, you know, whether it's <laughs> e- and he does in the coitus scene perfectly because it's only a minute later. He's now integrated it into his, his things, but it shows him the first. It, watch very closely at that first scene in the grocery store. He's watching George Bush and well, he stand this he, aggression. Yeah, and and later that comes back, and like there are so many little things like that that just work, you know. Yeah, a lot of people make a big. I mean, I I don't get. I mean, I do get this. It's, for me, this is not the important part. But a lot of people make a lot of how this is a very like a stoner movie because the dude, you know, has burned one, <laughs> and, and a lot of them. He's he's kind of high for a lot of the movie, but you get the feeling that like you know he's the center of the movie. He's kind of like the centrifuge for all the activity and all the language and all the stuff. And he's certainly like ends up not driving, but being driven by so much of the plot. Like mm. all the things that happened to him, how many times his apartment gets destroyed, like three times. His car gets destroyed like three times. Like it's, and it's just these funny little repeating patterns. And, and when you watch a movie like that, as silly as this movie ultimately is, or just, I mean, obviously everything Walter says, just everything Walter says, every time you watch it, you know, it, it gets more, <laughs> now I sound like the dude <laughs> trying to explain Lennon, but um, it gets amplified each time you watch because it really does get funnier. And just something as incredible, one of the first ones I ever remember falling on the floor laughing about, it's so stupid, but just three men in a bowling alley and one guy turns to the other guy, looks at him for a minute and goes, eight-year-olds, dude. Like, why is that so funny? Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going to do that. Um, and, and then I guess I could, all, I want to also re-mention that, um, I want to re-mention that, it, you know, if you got a, a couple bones uh, in the parlance of our times, you can go to iTunes and buy it in HD and it comes with some, I think, very good, uh, special features, including a making of where the Cone brothers pick their fingernails for 15 minutes. Oh, don't get me started on that. It's Syracuse to notice that they, they have very, very similar. They're almost like fraternal twins. Yeah. It you just, can tell it, they like share a mind. It, they do, and and as you can tell that they are as smart as they are because they have these strange affectations of, you know, like they're cut the whole. Every interview that they're in, the whole time, they're picking their fingernails, they're looking down, they're touching their faces, they're doing things with their hair, they're, whatever it is, it's just, it's anything but the way you should act on a TV interview. Like, it's complete, and I don't think that they're doing it on purpose, I don't think they're putting on an act, it seems like they really, 
they don't really want to be there, but they're not angry about it. They're just they're right. very sort of uncomfortable, but they have these sort of ticks and and mannerisms and things that makes it very hard to watch them. And, and <laughs> but, but very amusing. Yeah. And, and, and they're shooting. And also, I mean, it's one of those like you know what it reminds me of. I mean, in my, whenever I see these features, I always think exactly the same thing. This feels like the promotional reel that they would show on HBO when a movie ran short, where they would show you like a, a little making of. <laughs> about some movie that was going to be on soon because it's interviews with the cast like while they're filming the movie yeah. like the dude is is in the Carl Hungus uh, cable guy outfit while he's being interviewed and you can hear them talking about the characters while they're doing the characters which is you know while they're still making that movie and I just have to imagine it must have been a very bewildering experience to make that movie you know and also because the Coen brothers are kind of famously they're apparently it was a According to Jeff Bridges, it was pretty chill on the set. Yeah, they, even every, still, they have a very un, unconventional style of directing. It, it seems like they made it fun, and everybody who talks about this movie talks about just how much fun it was to make it, and how they showed up and 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 just enjoyed themselves and had a good time ma- making this movie. And it wasn't. I, I think it was. Um, uh, Buscemi who said, "Like I don't remember anything hard about making this movie," which he, he's. And don't they mention in that, I mean, something that I, I noticed a long time ago is as much as you're drawn, he's frequently in the, not the background, but where the dude and Walter will be, you know, clearly the two characters in the foreground, he'll be like in the middle and behind, like at the bowling alley. And you can just always watch Steve Buscemi. And it's funny the whole time just to watch his face. It's, it's bewildering. That's what I tweeted about last night, because the last time that I was doing it, I was saying just make it an exercise, any scene that he's in to, right. to watch him as opposed to watching the other characters if you just watch him you really can see and because the whole time you're like why is he there what is he doing there like like he's obviously he's bowling right but like he's he's there and it make it makes sense why walter and the dude are friends because in so many ways they're opposites and the dude is completely undude like when he's with walter it brings out the very worst in him you could say He's angry. He gets upset. It's, you know, whereas whenever he's with everybody else, he's chilled. He's laid back. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, the whole calmer than you are, he actually is much calmer than the dude is in that time. You know? It, it, yeah. Walter's, Walter's also, you know, he's, he's deeply deluded. Oh, very. Know, which is part of, part of what makes it so great. You know, he's watching uh, Cynthia's dog while she's off in Hawaii with Marty Ackerman. Yep. Didn't rent its shoes. It's not taking your turn. <laughs> Talks about papers. Two different animals in the movie misidentified. The marmot is actually a ferret. Right. And the Pomeranian is actually a terrier. God, so many, so many layers. Here's one. Next time you watch it, if you're looking to watch it for the 60th time, just look for the look for this line. Huh? <laughs> notice, notice how many times a scene is made funnier by somebody going, huh? Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I it's do. not just Walter. It is it is Walter a lot of the time where the dude said something and Walter's like incredulous and he just goes, "Huh?" But it, it's a line that keeps appearing over and over. The dude does it anyway. Oh God! And I love the landlord. I love I love his dance so much. That dance mm. is, you know, and he's so serious about it. He's so such a good actor. He's so committed. And when there's the mattress there and he rolls across, or I the, love uh, that. Yeah, we'll go embrace the kid. Should be a pushover. <laughs> You're killing your father, Larry. 
and a good day to you, sir. He's so he's so serious about that whole thing. They've got <laughs> the, the note. The note is in a bag. It's in he's a bag. In a Ziploc bag. It's well, did the you best. read the uh, uh, line or the the one guy? There's like three people that Walter is based on. <laughs> And I mean, one of the big like visual thing is and kind of attitude is is uh, is John Milius. But did you read the one read in the book? Uh, it's Peter Exeline, is that his name? But he two of the stories, two of the temple stories from the movie. He's like this famous like hilarious guy and storyteller. The the uh, he would frequently punctuate a conversation by saying the rug really tied the room together. Um, and and also he did have his car stolen and found somebody's homework in it. That's where that story comes from. That's so funny. I mean, there's a little bit of truth because when you, you know, you always hear that truth is st- stranger than fiction. Real life is stranger than the movies. The, there, there are realities, little bits of reality that, that go into making this whole story and the whole movie. Uh, it's not like it's believable, but there have been times in my life when there have been a series of so many just sort of strange things that dominoed on top of one another. And if you think about the way that this movie dominoes, it starts out by like a mis- case of mistaken identity and right. a rug. You know, like it's a, it starts out as such a simple. There's so many angles, though. There's yeah. so many angles to the movie. I mean, like, and again, watching it over and over, I get and re-get things. Yes. And uh, we should, I should tell you about something I like. But, yes. uh, you know, a couple. The one that everybody knows, kind of, but, you know, you can kind of forget, is it really is, it's kind of a film noir in a lot of ways. They talk about this in, in, in the making of. But, it, you know, when you watch it, you go, it really, it starts out, the, the mystery part is kind of a MacGuffin. It's really not ultimately about that. It's kind of about just the characters and what they do. Right. But that's the, the MacGuffin, the thing that propels the story, whether it's the story or not, is this kidnapping of, of this woman and a mix-up. And but it's all but it's funny because it's it's so it's like an homage to like so many different things in noirs. And now I'm now I'm just cribbing this right from that that documentary. But it is true. Like you got the femme fatale, you've got you know mistaken identity, you've got the the antihero who's constantly getting punched in the face. You've got you know all this all this stuff from that. But the thing we'll, we'll talk about this on Thursday. But the thing that's just always been there, hiding in plain sight, that I really got 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 in the last week of viewings is. And it's right there from the beginning of the movie. It's a movie about what it means to be a man and like how stupid and complicated that is. Cause you look at almost everybody in that movie and it's ultimately, and look at the song, man in me, like the, the, the song, the title song, mm-hmm. it's all right there. Am I spoiling this? I, no, I don't, I don't think you're spoiling. I don't want to go into it too much. I'm just, that's a teaser, but I finally really got it. And you think about the scene when he goes, when he goes in, the music's playing and uh, Lebowski's uh, sitting by the fire and he talks about how he can look back on a life of achievement. But then like we find out that actually Lebowski doesn't have any money. And he's basically been embezzling from uh, uh, this, this charity. And he's actually kind of has not achieved as much as he likes people to think. I don't know. It's just that there's more and more stuff in that. Like how your relationship with women, uh, your relationship with power, and the desire to achieve. What do they all want? Everybody, well, everybody wants to roll into the semis, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, want to, they want to do this. Every, there's something that everybody wants in terms of status. But in the center of it all is the dude who abides. And like that, that finally, that was my, as I said in that text earlier, that was my Nirvana moment was like going, oh, this really, that's what this movie is kind of about, except that it's not about that. <sighs> Man. So anyway, we're going to do that on Thursday. It's you don't have to great. listen live. It won't really make any difference, but... Um, I think it will. Uh, it'll probably have an explicit tag. I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we, you will get to hear both of us curse. So I think people will look tune in just for that. People look forward to that. That's your that's your Superman fighting in the city moment. That's right. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, um, should I tell you about something that I like? Yeah. Okay, I'm springing this on you. This I know. is uh yeah. So 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 this is a new one. This is pretty exciting. We have a new sponsor. You ready for this? I'm ready. Slack. Boom. Boom. You talk about big. Big. This is, this is huge. This is like being sponsored by air. I mean, this, this is this is big. <laughs> this is this is the currency, the currency of our time. <laughs> air. It's the thing you breathe. Uh, Slack is, uh, so have you ever used, uh, should, I, should I describe what Slack is? Describe I'll, I'll, it. I'll tell you what, what, what I've got here on this piece of paper. All right. it, that, that it is the messaging app for Teams, and Slack consolidates all your work communications into one place, making them instantly searchable and available on any device. So that sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But in implementation, uh, this is absolutely an amazing app. Chances are a lot of you are already using this. Have you ever used the Slack? I have used the Slack, yes. I have. I had not used it very much. I'm on the incomparable Slack group, and I had not used it very much because I don't really want communication in my life. But I, <laughs> uh, I got back into it. I'm thinking we might need one for, uh, for, uh, you know, for our, our stuff, our business papers. Let's get one. Yeah, and it's like it's ridiculously easy to use. So here's the neat thing: it's um, we and actually you talked about Slack a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure Slack solves the email problem writ large, but in terms of people you're actually working with, it's so freaking cool. So yeah, so the bit, I mean, it's very easy to go in and set up. You go to slack.com slash back to work and you go in and you can get a free account. That's all you got to do. Now here's the thing. You can have as many users as you want for as long as you want for free. It does not cost anything. And you can even use a, a bunch of their built-in integrations. So you can get stuff like, and this is where it gets good, because it's more than just a messaging app. I mean, it is a messaging app, but it's like an Uber messaging app. Because you can hook it up to things like Google Drive, Google Hangouts, Dropbox, GitHub, Stripe, all these mini, there are like what I would estimate to be dozens, scrolling down the page, dozens of services, where if something happens in this area, you know about it. It can handle stuff like documents, which become searchable. Uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, I can't kind of can't imagine not using this if I had to work with other people. It's one of those things where I have had people come up to me and say, and how often does this happen? I've had people come up to me, uh, you know, they're, they're not employees of Slack. They're not, uh, paid to endorse it. They just come up and they're like, Oh, have you tried like that? They begin the conversation. Hey man, how have you been? Oh, have you tried Slack? Like I've had that happen to me more than once. And these people are saying it's completely changed up our game. It's completely changed. I'm like, how can one application essentially do that? But it's because of the intelligence it's built into this. It's because it works in, it, it takes the best of email and the best of IM and the best of chat and kind of smashes it together. Absolutely. And it, you're right, though. It is one of those things where uh, it's like a Peter Meinhof thing where like you have not I had not heard about Slack at all. And then suddenly I just heard about Slack everywhere. And it was something where it felt like over a period of about a month, pretty much everybody I know started using this for their work communications. And it, it's and again, I haven't used it enough to say, but everybody I know who uses it says a similar thing, which is I kind of can't imagine what my life was like before I had this, to have this all in one place. And so let me, let me just, just to beat this into the ground. The neat part is anything that goes into Slack, and it's a, it's, it is, I think, the closest analog for how it feels to use on first run is IRC, or it's similar. You've got, you've got this area, and then you can have sort of like little breakout rooms inside. You can have private areas. What's neat about it is if you, put, if you use it with stuff like, like I say, I just want to clarify, documents, decisions, discussions, anything that's in there gets indexed and is now searchable from one box. So you know, no more having to run around and look for stuff everywhere. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just mind blowing. Um, so yeah, so check it out. Uh, 500,000 people are using this. Is that, that all? That's not a lot of people. That's a, it's a start. Uh, 60,000 teams. 
It's being used at the South Pole. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. You can go in. And here, I, 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 They didn't give me a specific metric here. I think the main thing is you need to go and sign up for this. You need to go to slack.com slash back to work. Cool part is once you sign up there for free, you will also get $100 American in credit. If you ever decide to move into their, I mean, they have all kinds of like custom integrations that you can do and lots of sexy stuff if you decide you want to do more with it. And you'll get $100 in credit to uh, use in the future when you sign up. That's nice. And so what I want you to do is please go to slack.com slash back to work. Spelled out. You know what? <clears throat> I need to, I, I should double, triple check that. I went to it and it, 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 it said, just re- redirects. It, it said, thank you and redirected very yeah. nicely. So the, somewhere someone wrote that down or printed it out. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're good people there. They're good people there. They, um, I, I, they kind of, I think they kind of asked around, um, at the company, like what kind of show, what shows should we uh, be on? And some people there, uh, I think suggested us. That's so nice. I know, I know, I know Roderick on the line was one they, they like, but it's nice. I mean, it's, uh, it's a ground up type operation. Very cool. And everybody I know works there now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's long enough. And now they're going to be back in, in subsequent weeks. Uh, we'll talk more about it. Maybe it'll give you and me some time to start our big Lebowski, uh, slack, Let's but, do um, that. but by all means, please go and check this out. Um, it, it takes a lot of the pain out of stuff that used to be a real pain. And it does something really, really unusual. When I hear people like, <clears throat> like Casey and, and Mike and um, Stephen talk about the way they use it, it's just fun. It's just something people really like to do. And it takes, you know, the stuff that's cool and annoying about email, cool and annoying about Skype, cool and annoying about uh, texting and messaging, and turns it into one unified experience that is much less annoying because mm-hmm. it's all in this one place and you have a lot of control over it. Works on any device. So please, slack.com slash back to work. Thanks to Slack for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Boom. Merlin man. Oh. Huh? <laughs> uh, well, we're at minute 49. Uh, I guess we should do some more follow-up. <clears throat> oh, we got to talk about your trailer at some point. I, I would love to talk about that when you're ready okay, because that's a, of, uh, yeah, reminiscent yeah, is- of, the, of the bike the bike incident in a weird way that I'll tell you about the bike incident. I remember with the guy, the 10 speed, 12 speed dude banging on my window. Oh, 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 less like that. Oh, we'll get, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. We got to, we got to talk. I thought it was reminiscent of the brother Seamus. Like you turn around and there's always a VW bug behind you. (laughs) Right. I'm a dick. Like who's your friend? Brother Seamus. Uh, two quick things, just two, uh, things. I fixed my FS events. Um, I was on a a five by five podcast in the last week that I would like people to check out a show here on the five by five, uh, called getting there. And, um, um, Liz Furl interviewed me for that show. And I think it turned out pretty well. Uh, it's got lots of good five by or, you know, back to work esque stuff in it. And, uh, Liz is, Liz is delightful. So, uh, that's in the notes. You can listen to that on, um, on your, in your podcatcher. It's also on the Huff Duffer. Uh, I thought that was good. That's a fun show. <clears throat> also, um, oh, this is really passing. You know how I'm kind of obsessed with Huff Duffer? You know about this? Yeah, you talked about it a lot. I don't like the name. Yeah, it's they the explain it on the page. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a radio thing. Like five, like five by five. It's a, it's a radio thing. I'll check into it. Huff Duffer is uh, so great. Huff Duffer's a site. Uh, I think Jeremy Keith makes, uh, and you you go to Huff Duffer, and boy, Huff Duffer's a lifestyle man. It's so amazing. You get a little bookmarklet in your browser and anytime you're on a page that's not ruined by SoundCloud uh, if it has a regular mp3 link on it or anything a downloadable audio link you can click a button and it adds it to your own uh, I won't say private personal <laughs> private no it, it, to your own bespoke personal uh, podcast feed 
So, I mean, this happens to me a lot where there'll be an episode of something somewhere that's a show that I don't normally listen to. I could do that inside of Overcast, but it's easier for me to just go and add it to HuffDuffer. And that adds... it. You know, it's got, it's basically just, you know, it's a title and some a description that you add and then the audio link. And then you subscribe to that RSS feed and whatever podcast catcher you have. And now you have a way to just add any audio to, um, to your feed. I've been using this thing for years and I swear by it. It's so great. I happen to notice something. So first of all, Huff Duffer, that's recommendation one. But I also noticed something just yesterday that is so great. It's called, Huff Duff video. And so is that for for video podcasts? Where do you see this thing, Dan? This is bananas. So it's uh it's a little uh open sourcey uh thing. And you could tell I'm reading, I'm clicking. It's in show notes, I'll just go there. The idea is though, like, aren't there times where you would love to listen to a talk somebody did on YouTube, say like a TED talk. Maybe it's something that doesn't require a lot of, you know, graphical stuff. You don't really need the video. You just like to be able to listen to the audio. I've bought apps for the Mac that let me download a YouTube video and then let me turn that into audio. It's a real pain in the butt, but it's something that's worth it for me because there's lots of times that'd be great. Get this. How crazy is this? You put this little Huff Duff video uh, bookmarklet up on your bar. You go to a YouTube video. You go to a Vimeo video, and you click that button. You get the usual Huff Duffer, Huff Duffer looking daughter window. But I think it's using the Amazon Cloud. It, it like at a, an asinine speed burns through that video, turns it into an audio file, uploads it to Amazon Cloud, and then posts it. Lets you post it to Huff Duffer. Go, you should try it because it's what's I, great. I, I, it takes, will, I will try this. Well, no, the reason I mention it is it's, it's if I do this on my Mac, that can take a couple minutes. I guess the Amazon thing's pretty powerful because you hit that button and it transcodes from a video to audio and gives you the chance to post it. Usually less than five seconds. <laughs> it's really, really nuts. It's pretty awesome. And so when I wanted to make a ringtone uh, of the dude's phone last night, I went and found the video on YouTube where I could get that. I ran it, ran it at Huff Duffer, downloaded the video, and then edited it. But it, only, it, it takes like a second. Anyway, so great, so great. I mean, if you love a podcast, go and subscribe to it. But there's a lot of times where you don't want to have to go and subscribe to a podcast just to go listen to one episode. Yeah. It's really great. And I, I don't know, I think it's, it's so neat. And I, I'm kind of surprised how many people don't know about Huff Duffer. Because um, it's, it's if you are somebody who's a podcast nerd, it's pretty swell. And now this Huff Duff video, which is not associated with Huff Duffer Prime, um, it, but it's, it's still a great service. And it's in the show notes. Dan, Dan, in as much as you can say, where would people, what, 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 where would people find show notes uh, for, for episode uh, 200 and whatever this is of uh, your back to work, 215 of your back to work program? Five by five, the, five by five, five by dot TV slash B <laughs> as in Lebowski, two as in the number, and W as in as women, Walter. Walter slash 215. That's where you're going to go, and the show notes are there. And you can, and we have a little automated newsletter thing so that if you sign up for the newsletter, it will send you. A little, uh, a little newsletter rised version of the show, so that you can get those links in your email and find out when a new show happens. Put it on your Hello. Huff Duffer. Huff Duff. Huff Duff. Huff Duff. I was going to add. I finally launched my uh, my kid has a show now. What? Yeah. So it's called Cash's Corner. <laughs> you so, did not. Yeah, we totally did. Oh my god! Are you kidding? No, he's is it, li- up, is it up on the thing? Yeah, it's up on the thing. I'll put it in the show notes. But he's he's uh he's having a great time doing a show it's uh well it's like half hour oh you so you talk to him it isn't just him talking no it's me and him together as as friends oh my god that's so funny 38 minutes 
Yeah, he had a lot to say. It was his first show. Speed we re- Racer. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot to burn off. We reviewed uh, the the black. He reviewed the Black Hole, the film. Um, the, this nineteen seventy nine movie. Yeah. Whoa. Speed Racer, and he talks about podcasting. And but the main topic was the Apple Watch, which he knew way more about than I had any idea that he he knew about so really we, where, where would he learn about that i don't i don't really know and he can't really say not like he doesn't want to say but he doesn't he just sort of knows about it i don't i i mean i said to, to show you how focused my wife is on our children i was talking to her about how am i gonna have to stay up till two in the morning to buy this stupid watch if i want to get it and and all this and she's like which which watch i said the apple watch she's like oh apple's coming out with the watch like yeah. It's, and so he's not getting it from her. <laughs> I don't know where because I'm not talking from you, about Dad. No, I'm not talking about it. Oh yeah, how about you, Dad? But anyway, he's he's uh, he's doing a show. He's very serious about it, and it it's got a sponsor. And uh, so we're opening up a savings account. He gets five dollars for doing when he does a show, and then the rest goes into a savings account for his college. Wow! So that was the deal. Well, congratulations to you and to Cash on yeah. this new enterprise. Yeah. May your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> Luca Brazzi. Nice. I'm eventually just going to descend into a few ticks, maybe an occasional <laughs> bell, and just uh, quoting a bunch of movies. Nice. Well, good e. for you. I. Lennon. Uh, gosh, I think we could probably wrap it up. Um, <laughs> I think we can do another couple hours here. Oh, easy. I got nowhere to be. Uh, today's an easy day. Uh, we got the big Lebowski. Um, we're doing that. Um, I'm going to get a seltzer water, but I, I want to tell like you about this. I want to tell you about something I like, and I want to talk to you about the trailer. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll get a seltzer white talking about what you like. Do you need, need me to participate in this? This one? No, this is more me. I'll be back. I'll be back in a second, but I'm going to mute here while I get a All seltzer. Right. All if right. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. It's a euphemism. Let me tell you about Warby Parker. Warby is great. And, you know, occasionally we'll get a sponsor. Uh, that that I don't know anything about, and I have to kind of research it to to do a good read. But in this case, Warby Parker is a company that I've known about and used myself for quite a long time, way before they were a sponsor, way before I was even uh, even in in the league that could be having a show that could be sponsored by Warby. Uh, Warby is a really really cool company. They make uh, they make glasses, they make eyeglasses, and they do a really really great job of it. All of the eyeglasses that I have are from Warby, and uh, that's because they are really, really cool. What The way that this works is they're an online-only uh, eyeglasses store. So you go there, and you pick out the glasses that you like, and uh, you get them. But wait a minute. You're going to say, how do I know if these things are going to look good on me? Well, they have an answer for that. They have a cool little uh, thing. It's like a, a little thing on the website. You upload a picture of your face. And then they will put the glasses on that, you know, you pick the ones that you're looking at and it'll show how they'll look on your face, right? Pretty cool. But that's not really as cool as having them like in your hands and putting them on your face and looking at the mirror, going to your spouse and saying, how do these look on me? Well, they have an answer for that too. They let you pick out five pairs and they will ship them directly to you for free. And you can then try them on and say, oh, I think I like these. And you pick the ones you like and, and then you send them back. You keep them for five days. All of that's free. All of this is free, and you can do that multiple times. I've I've done that two or three times in a row. They don't do, care. Do you have a sense of when they'll cut you off? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if there is a cutoff for it, and uh, <laughs> I, because I did it three times in a row, and I would I would kind of reorder. Like I'd have one like my favorite from the first batch. I would include in the second batch. So I get four new ones until at the end I kind of had it down to like three that I really liked. But this is just the way that they work, and they're they get. 
they, they have a really cool like unboxing experience and there's a prepaid label and all this stuff. When you finally pick the one that you want, you order it and they do your prescription and everything and it starts at 95 bucks. That's crazy. Uh, now, I've got kind of a weird prescription that needs something called a high index lens. You pay a little more for stuff like that, but they, they will determine if that's the case and they'll they'll tell you about that in the sales process. But for like everyone else I've ever talked to, it's 95 bucks. They do sun prescription sunglasses. They do all of this stuff. And it's, it's really great. All the home try on stuff is free, but if you use this, uh, this special code, then you will get free three day shipping on your final frame choice. Once you've made it. And the, the place to go for that is warbyparker.com slash Dan. You do not need to enter in a special promo. It'll be picked up just from going to that URL, but it's again, Warby Parker, dot com slash dan go there get your uh free three-day shipping when you're ready to do your final uh purchase but um people have asked if, if you ever watch my morning show dan benjamin hour people have written in to ask what kind of warby parker glasses i'm wearing there the sibley's s-i-b-l-e-y so if you if you if you like those that's that's where i got them and that's what they are uh but go check it out warby com slash dan thanks very much to them for making this show possible merlin man i was trying to play you uh the dude's ringtone uh, the, I love the the ringtone. Yeah. Um, well, I botched that. Uh, it would have been funny if it worked. Here's the thing. Uh, I'll probably get it here on the phone and play it on the phone for you. Yeah. I'll get it. Keep talking. No, I don't have anything to say. Okay, good night. Okay, so there's um, the, the dude. They gave the dude a beeper. Um, but they also give the dude a... Um, <laughs> Uh, a portable phone, as they called it. Yeah, <laughs> and for some the reason, same kind that uh, the doctor had in uh, in in Caddyshack, I think. Doctor Beeper. Yeah, Doctor Beeper. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> yes. And phone's I've seen ringing, the, dude. Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. Uh, it's uh, it's become very iconic for me. And now, in fact, I was watching, I think, American Crime the other night. Some show and the phone rang on the TV show, and it must be a, like some kind of standard <laughs> like. But it, and like a modern TV show, I heard that and I I, I flipped out because it was so clearly the dude's ringtone. I thought so. Anyway, I went in and I cut it up. And if you go to uh, Kung Fu Gripe or look at show notes for this episode, uh, you can go download the dude's uh, ringtone for your phone. Now we got some important stuff to talk about here, Dan. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm keen to find out why it's important. But uh, apparently. Sometimes there's a trailer. There is a trailer. I talked about this uh, on a, on another show, but I wanted to talk to you about it specifically because I'm 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 a little I'm a little confused. I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on. I don't know if I have any any place to to be concerned or to even comment it's a, about it's it. A new, new section on the show. We've been doing it for a while, but now it has a name. It's called "This Is Our Concern, Dude." This is our concern. Dude. This is no. This is Dan's Dan's concern. Sometimes Dan, just so you guys know, sometimes Dan has a concern of, of something that that's not strictly dangerous or menacing on the face of it, but it doesn't feel quite right. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, one hundred percent, perfect way to say it. Or, or you know, or expand on that. But sometimes you get a bee in your bonnet, and we need to discuss a concern that you have. Well, I yeah, I might need a reset here. I might need a something. I don't know, but. Basically, okay, so uh, my next door neighbors sold their house and we got some new neighbors. I haven't had a chance to meet them yet. They seem nice. It's a little family. They're doing great things. And they, as as you do when you buy a, a, a home, you frequently do some kind of, whether it's a repair or a renovation of some to some degree, they're doing something to this house. I don't know what they're doing, but they are doing 
something inside of the house. And I know that the woman who lived there, I believe, was the original owner. She was in her uh, later years. And it's it's likely there was a dog there. It's likely there is some work that needed to be done. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, as you do. Yeah, yeah I, I, but I, I especially I appreciate the expressionistic collection of clues. Yes. You're not putting a judgment on anything. No. You're just providing the information. It's informative. Yes. So these people have moved into the house and then after they were there for a short period of time, a, a white trailer appeared in front of the house parked on the street. Now, the way uh, a lot of drives, driveways are here in Austin, Texas, we, we call this a hill country. Mm. There are lots and lots of hills and one of the, uh, you know, a style of driveway is sort of it's, it goes up a hill. So the driveways are on one side of the street, hill up. The other one's hill down. We're on the side where they hill up. And it, I would imagine it would be difficult to park a trailer such as this in the driveway because of the incline of the driveway. Does this, this make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the trailer is instead parked on the street. Now, the streets are not super wide. So having, is it a street parking kind of street? Not. Yes, yeah, some cars are parked on the street, but it's more... The majority of people park in their driveway or in their garage. So Mm -hmm. it's not weird to drive down the street and see no cars on the street. That would be normal. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there might be one errant car here and there. Maybe there's a a guest staying over. Maybe the teenager didn't want to pull it up all the way into the driveway, whatever. But it's not like car, 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 like we, we used to have in our last neighborhood. I'm fine with there being cars on the street, especially if there's enough room for them. Here, it's borderline. Whether there's enough room or not. Anyway, car, trailer rather, white trailer. It's it's the workman's trailer and it has ladders. I sent you a picture of it. It has ladders mm-hmm. attached to both sides of it. And it it's has a little bit on it's almost like a horse trailer. It's it's a big tra- it's a big trailer. It's like maybe like that a large uh successful suburban lawn crew might use. Very yes. It's like it's like a big white toaster. Yes. And it has the two wheels on the back and then the hitch part on the front, which is now sitting on like a block or something like like that to keep or jack or something to hold up the front part of it. And I've seen the workmen come and use this thing. You know, they they go to it. I've seen them loading and unloading stuff from it. But here's the problem is that first of all, it's Kind of. I mean, if you were to go and measure, I'm not sure if it would be on my property line or not, but it's close enough that it seems like it's in front of my house. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's maybe it is, maybe it's not. If you really want to get a ruling, maybe it wouldn't be, but it feels like it's on my property. Number one. Number two, it's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week and has been since work started on on this. So it's not like the, the guys are showing up in their truck. Can, you know, disconnecting it, doing the stuff they need to do, and then uh, and then leaving with it. I don't know that they're there every day. I can tell you for with certainty they're not there on the weekends, but the trailer's there on the weekends. Mm-hmm. They're not working at 8 p.m. at night, but the trailer's there at 8 p.m. at night. They're not working at 7 in the morning when I take my kid to school, but the trailer's there at 7 in the morning. It has not moved. It's not moving. It's staying there. It's always there. And it feels like it's on my property. It does not completely block egress from my driveway but it it encumbers it and the this is why i'm bringing this up though this next incident i have to describe to you and tell you about the uh the neighbors that i have that are across the street sort of diagonally jagged across the street uh, catty corner catty corner 
it it definitely does more block their egress because it's sort of right opposite their driveway when they're pulling out. So all the time, all the time. Yes, it's there mm-hmm. twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Did all I the, mention the that? all the time part is important. I would be fine if it's like okay, you know what? Because like we've got there's lawn crews that come out. And even though they're mowing the same stretch of lawn uh, every every time they come out and do it, they don't just leave their lawn equipment on their trailer in front of the in in front of someone's house. They only bring it out when they're doing the lawn work. I feel like the trailer should be. Let me just say, I feel like the trailer should be removed when they're not there working and brought when they are there working. That seems reasonable to me. Or they should find a way to move it off the street and onto their driveway so that it wouldn't potentially. Uh, encumber other people who are trying anyway here we go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the other day two days ago i was uh i was oh no it must have been yeah mon- monday morning friday after i don't remember it was yesterday morning yesterday morning i'm gonna go with it and i was pulling out of my driveway now i have things timed in the morning this is like you've seen one of those Rube Goldberg machines where the little yeah, thing. You, you want to make sure the toast is finished and on the plate so that the uh, robot arm with the butter is able to spread it. Right. Because otherwise, otherwise you're, you're wasting butter. You don't get toast. Thank you. Yes. Everything is exactly, exactly timed. <laughs> I know. I've got, I'm hearing this Danny Elfman theme in my head. Yes. For you in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. You've got it now. <laughs> From the minute that my feet hit the floor in the morning when I get out of bed to, to the moment that I get my kid that I release him into the, you know, the assembly gym area where he goes every morning. That is choreographed and orchestrated. And there are, there is zero tolerance for at time tolerance. There is zero time tolerance allowed in there. There is no allotment for anything to go off course. Across this line, you do not. Yes. So this is just, this is it. Now it, I'm not. It's not like I get angry or something. It's just oh. I have to keep the ball rolling, keep the ball, mm-hmm. keep momentum going. Mm-hmm. And you know, shoes have to be put on, but th- I, there's mm-hmm. a certain amount of time that I will give for the shoes to be put on, and no more. Everything that goes wrong takes time away, and you don't get that back. That's right. You're still you're you're even further and further behind. So I'm driving out, pulling out of the driveway. Everything is right on time. It's seven nineteen as I'm backing out of the driveway. That is the correct time. So then as I'm doing that, I see my cross the street neighbor who is not involved in, with the trailer in any way. This is not his trailer. He's just the guy across the street. I see that he is doing one of these things where he's pulling slowly out of his driveway and he's turning to the right onto the sort of parallel side of the street so that he's on his curb, essentially pulling alongside of his curb. Mm-hmm. And, and then as I'm backing out and doing my K turn to begin driving forward and he extends his hand out of his window of his car and does a sort of grasping gesture with this two fingers and thumb grasping and which is some kind of signal to me, which I interpret in the only way a sensible person would, which is, I'm doing something here. Go around me. Be ignore. What? You know, pass yeah, me. I'm, like, like I'm trying to emulate. Is it like, like he's pinching the body out of a crawfish? Yeah, kind of like, like pinchy, that. Just like he's, it, which could be, I interpret as like go, go around, go around. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a gesturing to come hither. It's not a come hither. 
It's not a hands up, stop, stop, stop. It's not a hands up, stop. The universal symbol for stop is a hand up with a palm it's not, extended. It's not a swooping palm toward me, come on nope, ahead. Nope, It's sort of a just it's a, a, cra- it's a crawfish pinch. A, a, yeah, a jingling of the fingers, mm-hmm. which I interpret as go around. So, I mean, none of this is all happening very slowly. There's no, no one speeding in the neighborhood. It's just, so I, I slowly drive, I'm driving past. And as I'm driving past, I look over to the side and I look and I see that the expression on his face is a kind of a, oh, kind of expression like, hey, um, hmm, kind of expression Mm -hmm. as if he wanted to say something Mm -hmm. as opposed to go around me he may he the gesture i may have been more like i i beckon your attention momentarily is it giving like kind of a slight chin up a, yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. and now i have uh and being well, so self- also keep in mind you're running behind at this point there there's not a lot of tolerance there's in that, zero in that time. zero zero time tolerance all right if there had been a life or death situation his he he, he needed my help resuscitating someone or something like that Yes, I'm stopping. I'm helping. But well, in that sh- case, he should really be screaming. Yeah, he should be out of the car, stopping going, the car. Ah! Like in a way that you could you could <laughs> see that his mouth is open. He's going, ah! That would indicate. You, go, well, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a little bit of room. <laughs> that would be the that kind was, of sign I'm looking the, for. The crawfish pinch, that's not a widely acknowledged mean signal anything. for anything. Apart from I'm about to enjoy this food. <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> so I am, uh, I, I now I have, as a good Texan, I have the darkest windows that you can have by legal, you know, by, by law, the darkest tint you can get. So I'm not sure if he could see into the car or not. So I don't know if he saw that I was looking over or not, but I keep going slow. None of this is happening fast, but I just continue to drive. I notice his expression and I keep driving and I start going through my mind. If there is anything like, did I, accidentally like aggressively tailgate him previously and he wants to ask me why or anything like that like i'm and i'm like no i I haven't done anything like that is there anything i could have like did i leave my trash out an extra night the the can and, and he's angry about that and i think the only thing that he could be possibly gesturing to me about is this white trailer <gasps> you think you think he thinks the trailer belongs to you. Right. And it does. Or is associated with your property. And it does impede his. Sure. Okay. So that. He's so probably got a zero tolerance time problem too. Right. So I'm driving. Now as I'm driving down. Now he has not moved. His car has not moved. He's still he's sitting still there. Sitting, he's stunned. As I'm driving past. Now. I, and I'm still not sure if he wanted to talk to me. If he was saying hi. But then he flashes his brights at me. Now I'm way down the street whoa, by this point. Whoa, whoa. I'm way down the street. I'm way down. I'm well beyond the point where stopping would even matter at this point. Like you, like I'm way. I'm at the end. I'm at the end of the block. But I'm he's at the stop. Infinitely blinking his lights at you from a remove. Yeah, he's like block, but you know, beep, 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 like with the lights. Like that's like that's like the fat sheriff throwing his hat at the Duke boys. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. So at this point, uh, what am I going to do? Put it in reverse and back up probably a quarter of a mile to where he's sitting? No, I just, not, so I not just keep going. tolerance morning. I not. keep going. Got to go. 719. Now it's probably 721. And I say to my kid, I'm like, what was that about? He's like, I don't know what that was. I said, do you think he wanted us to come and talk to him? He's like, I didn't. I don't think so. And so I just keep going. And I went to and went, went to, you know, I dropped off my kid, went about my day at work. 
And now I'm ready for there to be. So I text, I text my wife right away. I'm like, I tell her what happened. It because now maybe she's gonna you have, typed all of that. Why well, didn't I gave an, an abbreviated uh, version, mm-hmm. which was essentially, I don't know what the guy across the street wants from me, but. <laughs> I, so now I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that he thinks that the trailer is mine. I think he thinks it's mine or I have something to do with it. Or maybe I'm being pessimistic and optimistically he wants to just commiserate about how crappy it is that this trailer's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when they're not doing work. Mm. But I don't know. That's a poser. Now, when did this happen? This Monday morning is when he flashed the lights at me, but the trailer's uh, been there for probably a month. It's yesterday Central Time. Yeah. Okay. (sighs) There's a lot of um, uh, potential communication issues here. I think so. But I mean, there's layers to this. Is what I'm saying to you, Dan. There's many. There's many, many layers to this, and uh, uh, I don't even. I'm not even sure where to begin. Are, Are you scared? Are you worried? I'm not. I mean, so after I kind of went through, um all of the potential things that it could be like, we don't play loud music. We don't, you know, we don't disrupt the neighborhood. We don't like, there's nothing else it could be. So once I felt more confident about that, then I started to to think it's just a mistaken identity kind of thing. Like the, what happened to the dude. Uh, there's a relatively simple way to solve this. I want to see if you can guess it. Go over there and talk to him. But then it's, see, but then it's like, it's like, I don't want to intrude. And then if it was nothing, if it's, you know, and I started to like, was there a coffee mug on top of the roof? Well, why don't you find out? Well, there wasn't anything on the roof. I looked. Okay. Nothing fell off my car. Uh, but you know but I saying. mean, why don't you just go over there and knock on the door and say, Hey, you know, uh, you flashed your lights at me yesterday. Was everything okay? Yeah, I guess I could. I guess I could do that. I mean, that's probably a little too easy. No, but, but I mean, could, I, but I mean, like, you know, he he obviously, I don't think he accidentally flashed his lights at you, let alone no. stuck out his chin and did a crawfish pinch. Yeah. That clearly, he's reaching out to you for something. It may, may not be a big deal, but, you know, and he, you know, he might say, well, well, that was kind of a jackass move the way you pulled out or what's up with your white trailer, in which case you can address those things. Yeah. It sounds like you didn't think you did anything wrong. No, I know I didn't. I know. Mm. Unlike, unlike the thing with the bike guy where there was a question in my mind of there was, it was it an etiquette thing. Was it whatever optics optics mm-hmm. in this situation? Mm-hmm. There, there is nothing going on because, um, be, because I think it has to be the trailer. Well, I mean, is the guy scary? Oh no, he's super nice. He's a doctor. He's a, he's a you know, he helps people for he's, a living. He's a physician. He's a, phys- a medical doctor, an MD. He's a, good, he's a good man. Not a DO. Those guys don't, they don't know anything. But an MD. You a real should, doctor. Um, <laughs> you should uh, go over and talk to him. That's a, that's a boring answer. I'm much more interesting in how, interested in the end in how you deal with this trailer because I think that's trickier. But boy, you really MacGuffined me on that one. I think you could just go over and say, hey, is everything cool? Like, uh, is everything all right? Like, did I, did I do something? I don't know. Like, you know, there's a certain rapport I have with some neighbors where I could do that. But well, you could create a rapport, Dan. You're, he, you're an adult. But here's the thing that I'll, let me, like, I'll tell you about him. He really, like, any time, any, he's always sort of trying, like, the history, I guess I should give some history on this. Is he a talker? He's a talker, and yep. he's, he always is sort of trying to get my attention. Like, if, 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 like, if I make the mistake <laughs> of, like, walking around the corner of my house to get something and he sees me he's immediately there's a lot of waving there's a lot of like 
You get like a Ned Flanders type situation. Yes, very, very much a Ned Flanders thing. And like if he off, it was ever going to offer like, hey, we're going out on the boat. Why don't you bring your family out on the boat? Because I've seen a boat trailered in front of his house from time to time. Mm. Then I'd be like, all right, you know, yeah, let's talk more because the boat, I don't, you know, like then it'd be like, okay, cool. You know, like you're going to offer something to make mm-hmm. me endure the, the, the constant talking. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, there's always, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little... I think it's a growth opportunity for both of you. For me, it is. I know. Well, it sounds like he's not a great communicator, and which is hard to believe in a physician. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I could say, uh, I would say you could just go over there and, uh, you know, at a time that's, uh, or, uh, you know, you could, you know, I don't know. It's weird. It's things have changed. I don't like when people come to my door. Uh, you know, if it's my neighbor, like somebody I like or something and they're like, Hey, can you pick up my mail or whatever? Like, that's fine. But like, it is kind of weird when somebody comes to your house in a way that I wouldn't have said this 20 years ago, it feels aggressive. If, if you have a neighbor just approaching the house. Well, I mean, just, no, I don't want to sound like a lunatic because I know it's different in every neighborhood, but like sometimes I'll be at home during the day, like a couple days a week. I mostly do my stuff at home the days I do kid stuff. And, uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll hear somebody coming up the steps and it doesn't sound like our, our neighbors. And I'll be like, like, like last week I hear like kind of loud footfall outside. Mm. And are you like I, a, like one of the kind of people who like, you'll lift your blinds a well, little I'm, bit. I'm a peeker. Out. I'm yeah, a peeker and I'll, I'll drop, I'll drop cam them a little bit too. And then, <laughs> and then, and I see, Oh my God, it's two guys in their early thirties in suits. So it's either the FBI or somebody that has pamphlets. JW's. Yeah, we have some of my, some of my good friends are JWs. Mine too. Um, yeah, but they still um, hand out the pamphlets. They're very devout. Um, so in that case, like I'm like I, I, I can't help but have this go through my head. It's like, you know, I, I I get why the JWs do that, and you have a mission, and it's a whole thing you do. You know, as somebody who was once a an observant person, I understand these kinds of things are important. But like, it's super creepy to show up at somebody's house at two in the afternoon. It's really to, in the modern age. I, that reads as nothing except casing the joint to me or like potential home invasion or something. I don't know. And, and that's how nutty I am. Maybe that's just like, cause I kind of live in a city. Like it just seems weird to do that. But, um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it depends on the mojo. I don't know your neighborhood mojo. Um, in a neighborhood where it's, it sounds like, I mean, how well do, do, do neighbors know each other in your neighborhood? It, it varies. You'll have the sort of you know, group of, of couple neighbors where they're really good friends. They sit in front of their, you know, house on like Halloween and they're all together and everyone come, but they do like group things at the big holidays or they'll do like a garage sale together and, or else their doors are shut and there's no one talking to anyone. That's my style. No, I I, I talk to the neighbors. Oh, the thing is I, you know, um, as a kid, we knew all of our neighbors it would seem very strange. Like it seems like when I was a kid, uh, this is just a very rough general, um, reductive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like, um, we knew by appearance, almost everyone on the block. Right. We knew by name, everybody within like eight houses on each side. We were friends with at least half of those, like legitimate friends. We were like helping out with the old people next door. Mm-hmm. Like we knew everybody because obviously you play with kids in the neighborhood. You have bar- parties and barbecues and stuff like that. That's the 70s. It was a different era. Yeah. Um, whereas today, like I, neighbors I've had for 15 years, I don't know their name. Right. And it's, you know, there's just enough turnover that it's a little, you know, but again, where I live is pretty suburban. It sounds like where you are is 
pretty legitimately suburban. Oh, very, very. And like we knew the previous neighbors that lived in the house and the ones next to them and the other side, but it, the the new ones I don't really know, and the ones across the street, like I'm always I'm like a little worried about. Yeah. Like getting into that you okay. know, conversation. I have, an, I have an answer for you. Okay. You have four general options, uh, one of which is terrible, one of which is optimal, and two of which you got to use your judgment on. Okay. okay should I, but, should I yeah. tell you about something I like before we, we do it? And actually, you could jump in on this one. Yes. It's Smile. Oh, I like Smile. They make... Oh, uh, Smile's a big part of my workflow. I imagine it is. They make PDF oh Pen God. 7... For OS 10, which is the all-purpose uh, Mac PDF editor, you can do really cool stuff like add signatures, text images, and uh, and you can even make changes and correct typos. You can scan docs that like so you have a doc that's been scanned. You can OCR it and turn it into like any kind of document. That's you, black magic, Dan. It's so weird. It really is cool stuff. And there are these. They have these great uh, two to four minute videos that show you how to do like the basic common tasks with PDF Pen Seven and, and PDF Pen Pro Seven. Stuff like, you know, marking up a PDF file, adding a signature, filling in PDF forms. You can use iCloud or Dropbox to sync PDFs with the app so you can see it on your iPad and iPhone. I mean, so much stuff that you can do with this. Now, here's something I kind of like. PDF Pen uh, 7 and PDF Pen Pro 7 both require Yosemite, but that's because they have totally updated the user interface. They've added tons and tons of features. They've done all the iCloud drive stuff, and uh, and it's just it's just super super cool. You need to go and uh, visit their site. It's smilesoftware.com/b2w. Smilesoftware.com/b2w. Uh, and that that will support the show. But I know that you, you were mentioning that you you do so much with smiles uh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me, the, 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 and this is not for this spot, but I mean, for me, text expander is something that I just can't live without. My, my, I, I almost don't want to say how I feel about PDF pen because it's a little bit like a fire extinguisher or a smoke alarm <laughs> where it's like the less I have to use it, the better, but I am so glad it's there when I need it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's, it's one of those, I don't know how to say that without sounding like I'm damning with faint praise, but I do everything I can to avoid ever having to use an app like that. But when I do, that's absolutely what I use. And, uh, it's just, it's the only way to fly. It's the best. Just that ability to like you know do things like sign stuff is so huge, but um, and they're just a really good company. I, that shouldn't matter, maybe, but I think it does. No, it they are, does. They are good people, and they are trying really hard to improve your experience. And they're one of those rare companies that the more they get better at what they do, they more the more they they're trying to improve what you do in a way that is is completely friendly to the customer. Um, and they're just good people. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. All right. What, 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 help, help me out. What do I need to I got, know? I got what John Syracuse calls an array here <laughs> or, or a switch. Okay. Not a hash. No, no, no. This is, this is at least two to four inches from the metal. <laughs> um, I got four general options, and I, don't have a, I only have a really strong opinion about one. The first option, and just a review, uh, uh, this is how, how you're going to proceed with your neighbor. Okay. Okay, the first option is to do nothing for now. Okay, I like that one. No, I don't like that one. That's, okay. that's the second worst option. Okay. Doing nothing, it's not good. The guy blinked his lights at you. He didn't do that by accident, right? He's, he's trying to, uh, there's, he has Isn't something to say. Isn't the onus on him now, though, to, if he wants to further that, that that's on him to come in and... Yeah, but he's been, you've been throwing shapes, though, for, for, for months or years that you don't really want to talk to him. No, I always talk to him when there is no way out. 
And he he would have no, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Like if I, I'm, I, like, hear, I hear the words you're speaking, but okay, I don't know if you're the, really hearing yourself. Here's an example. You've deliberately avoided this man, and now I blink his eyes. I don't. At you I, I don't gonna... deliberately avoid. I try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens. Oh, okay. okay, so let's say that I'm. I've I've got uh, the new license plate. Uh, sticker is out for the car or whatever the you know th- and I've got the car in the front and I'm putting the sticker in. Guess who walks up? He walks up. So we're gonna t- I'll talk to him however long, however many hours he wants to spend out there. I'll I'll talk to him you know until one of my kids What's comes. Like and- to talk about? Do you, do you have a sense? Just, so far nothing. Whatever. So far nothing. Just yeah, but when he talks, is it just kind of like blah blah stuff? Yeah. Ugh. And uh and 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 so. You know, like I'll do that or if I'm, but like if I'm in the midst of something and my kids are, you know, freaking out inside the yeah. house and I got to walk into the garage, you know, to get, to get a roll of tape and he sees me and he starts heading over. Like I may wave, what? I may wave to him, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, so that's why I don't even know. All anyway, right. continue, continue. No, no. I mean, but let's, let's, let's have you own your part of this. Yes. Which is that you don't really want to talk to him. Correct. And if I could project a little bit here, I think you, I'm guessing you also don't want to create the impression that you want to have a relationship where we just talk to each other a lot. Yeah. The, the shape you, the shape you want to throw is that no, you know, we're friendly, but like we we don't need to even really acknowledge each other, let alone have a conversation. Does that make me a bad person though? Yes, but I'm the same way. <laughs> yes. I'm a bad, I'm a bad person because I don't want to have a relationship with the guy across the street. Absolutely. Yeah. Why does it, okay, well, wait, why does it make me a bad person? I'm not saying I disagree. I just want to fully check in. The fact that you have to ask that question shows what a bad person you are. Um, You should, you should be nice to your neighbors and, uh, and have conversations. And any of us who have this kind of like background introversion Mm -hmm. uh, about certain aspects of our life, we're, we're probably just bad people. That's all I can guess. Um, But I'm with you. And that's the thing is I'm bad with you. Is that I'm I am the same way. I mean, there are some there are characters. We have a lot of characters in our neighborhood. Mm. Even as suburban as our neighborhood is, we got a lot of characters. And a lot of the characters, like every time you pass them on the street, there's always going to be some kind of an exchange. Sometimes, sometimes very friendly, sometimes menacing, um, and sometimes just surreal. But ignoring it makes you seem like the crazy one. Um, with that said, okay, so option number one, do nothing. <clears throat> I don't think that's a good option because you're going to live there for a while. He's going to live there for a while. And as we'll eventually get to in the fullness of time, you need to do something about this trailer for your own sanity, right? You have zero, zero tolerance on time. I say do nothing is not a great option. Okay. The worst option is option number two, leave a note. Okay, why is that bad? Leave a note is not a good option. Passive aggressive? It's a dick move. When yeah. you leave a note for somebody, it's uh, it's sort of like, it's sort of like uh, like uh, disconnecting somebody on your call-in show and then giving your response. It's like it's it's disrespectful, not this, but like no matter how you do it, you yes, you said the words. It feels passive aggressive no matter what you do. So what do you say in a note like that? How do you uh, obviously you can describe this in a text to your wife, which I find baffling because it, it took you thirty five minutes to do it here. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, what are you going to say to that guy? Hey, <clears throat> I uh, the other day you chin crawfish. Light blink? Mm-hmm. Best, damn. Like, h- how are you going to put that in a note? You can't. Terrible move. Okay, so then you have two options here. Now we've gotten to the adventure game. Here's the Zork part of this, where you're going to have to decide what key you're going to put in which lock and see if it works. Your two options at this point, or are two either, go to the door, knock, and address him like a gentleman, or wait for him to appear outside and pull the neighbor move on him. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that one. That's what I was going to suggest. 
Do when you, just, wait a minute. Don't, don't tell me his name. Do you know his name? Mm, I'm sure I could, I could find <laughs> it out. You're going to look in the plot books or Google him? Yeah, or something? something like that. Zillow. Um, uh, I, uh, I think the, I think I, option four, what I have here as say hi outside is the least threatening, the least passive aggressive. And here's the thing, Dan, if you, you know how people have cats sometimes? I do know about that. I know, isn't that crazy? They yes. just have them right in their house living Weird. there. Pick up their poop. They have poop in a box in their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they think they've trained the cat. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Whatever works. Toxoplasmosis. Yeah, exactly. Just really breathe it in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, circle of life, right? Hakuna Matata yeah, goes all around, in through the poop, out through the poop. I think the nice thing is you're uh, when you introduce here's the thing: you got a cat, you got the old cat that's eventually going to die. You get the fresh cat. What you never do is bring the fresh cat into the old cat's house because the old cat is going to feel. This is an old pet hack. If you've already got an existing cat or dog, but especially a cat because cats are dicks. If you've already got a cat in the house, that cat is very territorial and very threatened. If you bring a kitten and meet it, have it meet the old cat in the house, it will urinate on everything because it's old and angry. Mm. The trick is you get the old cat and the new cat, and you don't just take them somewhere neutral. You take those two cats someplace where they've both never been. Oh. And they'll both assume that the old, that the opposite cat is the veteran. They even, know they, even though one's old, one's young. Yeah, so what? They can't tell that? <laughs> you go show up somewhere with a cat in a strange place, and the cats are not going to be able to know who's the boss. Mm. They're both kind of on equal ground now. So, this is not an ideal. No, wait, you now have, then you bring them yeah. both back, and they're better? Well, in an ideal world, you wouldn't have cats. Right. Failing at that, you should move every time you want a fresh cat. But if you want to bring a, 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 a maverick cat into a legacy cat household, introduce them somewhere outside of the house. Apparently, turns out, makes it better. So this is what I say to you. Now, if you go, you see where I'm going with this. So if you go up and you get in that old Tom's uh, porch right. and start scratching on his box, he might feel a little threatened. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, you know, Johnny Tightbutt with his fancy car suddenly comes up and he's going to come up to my door. He comes to my door in my house. Right. But I'm if I'm saying. like at the corner, if I'm down by the end of the driveway, that's Flag the doctor on the street is neutral. what I'm saying. Keep, keeps it, keeps it mellow. Keeps it mellow. Keep your hands where you can see them. Don't pee on anything mm-hmm. and just walk up and say, hey, that was crazy the other day. What happened? Uh, did, I, did I do something? You flashed your lights. Right. You don't have to be threatening about it, but you should directly address. I have a question. It seemed like you want to get my attention. And, uh, and I, I hope I didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, again, put it, put it in his court. All right. I'll do it. And don't get a cat. But here's the thing. You get this guy on your side and you have the beginning of an alliance where you can figure out what the hell's going on with this trailer. Doctors have a lot of money, Dan. You could you could pull together probably some kind of pretty serious effort to find out what's going on with that trailer. Yeah, I don't like it. Are the ladders always on the side like that? Always. That's weird. I don't even think the ladders are in use. I think they're just too big to fit inside. Here's, here's, here's what I don't understand. Do you think that trailer belongs to the people who own the house? No, 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 no. no. It absolutely 100% does not belong to them. It belongs to the workmen. Very good. Let me continue Socratically. So that belongs to somebody who hires out work on a job by job basis to come and do stuff somewhere. Is yeah. that, am, I, am I wrong? Uh, Has it been there for more than a week? Yes. What are they doing for work while the, tra- while the trailer's there? I think they're on this project. And I think that this is where they keep all their tools and all their junk. And so they are on this project. They show up most days. So the, the scenario is like this. So they are actively working. At at some point in a given day, I imagine that 
several workmen, one, one to two or three even workmen show up parking their trucks in front of the house. And then they go into the trailer to get their stuff and then take the stuff into the house and do the work and then put it back into the trailer and then leave and the trailer stays. Would you feel better? Obviously, the best scenario would be the trailer's not there when it doesn't need to be. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> would you feel better if the trailer were moved more into their area if it's going to sit there? If it could be on their driveway, I wouldn't think twice about it. If it yeah. was right, if it was blocking their driveway... I would feel okay about it too because it would be further away from mine. Well, what, 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 in this case, and I, I think I know the answer to this, but what would, what would prevent you from going over there and saying, would you guys move, mind moving the trailer a few feet? Is, cause, is, it, is that because it makes you look crazy or because you think that's invasive? Because like, if you were going to run the chalk line down to the street, I think it's on their property line. But, but it's I, not, that's not the issue. Because you can, are you trying to tell me in Texas, you, you can only park in front of... Your own house? I I don't know. I just... I've never lived anywhere where that's the case. If, if street parking is legal and you're pointed in the right direction, you can park anywhere as long as you're not blocking anything. That's what I think. Yeah, I guess you're saying the property line is not the issue. It's not the issue, dude. Yeah. I think... I think... Yeah. So, I, I, in an ideal world, you would either have uh, plus zero, zero plus tolerance for time, or or you'd learn not to mind that. Yeah. But you got you to talk to the doctor. But yeah. don't, prov- don't provoke the Tom. <laughs> Did you have anything else you want to tell me about? Nah. What? No. We did everything? We did. It's only been an hour and 36 minutes. We did it how, all. How do we do that? We covered so much. Comics. What about the prestige? The illusionist. You got a feeling? The prestige about the movie? Yeah. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. I liked that movie. I really liked that movie. I've watched it many times and I seem to pick up a little something each time that I pick it up. That I watch I, it rather. I thought it was very good. I think Batman's good, and I think Wolverine is good, and I think David Bowie's good. I think it's a very good movie. Hmm. I, it's 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 there, also Alfred. Alfred's good in that too. I have some questions about the Alfred. I have some questions about the end. Uh, but I feel Which, like the, the switcheroo. The switcheroo in the sense of okay, yeah, don't don't spoil it. Don't okay. spoil it. Well. There, there there is a there's a, there's so many switcheroos, but at the end it's a little bit of a oh really that's it. Where you're kind of like, hmm. It's kind of like when you find out how a magic, ultimately, ironically enough, it's like when you find out how a magic trick works and you go, oh, they didn't really catch the bullet in their mouth, did they? Right. Boy, when I find out how that trick works, broke my heart. Broke my heart. What? How does it work? <sighs> the Patentroller Patellar bullet trick. Oh, that, that, yes. That's amazing. They do a video on that. It's a magic trick. It's a stunt. It's not really magic. I thought that there were some magicians who actually in real life died catching a bullet. And they did because they hadn't learned to cheat like they do. They're they're performers. They're yeah, performers. there's no risk with what they do. You know, it's good. You like Alec Baldwin. Uh, David Blaine was on. Um, Here's the thing. Oh, cool. And it was not at all what I expected. Can, can I say words I never thought would come out of my mouth? Mm-hmm. David Blaine sounds pretty cool. He seems like a very interesting, cool I think person. He seems like an extreme weirdo. Um, but in this interview, he came across as extremely humane and, and much more interesting than when he was sitting on the salad bar at Shoney's for six weeks. Is that, was that one of his, one of his tricks? Hey, everybody watch this. I'm going to go in the DMV for six years. Check your underpants. Ah, mother's head. Oh, man. Street magic. <laughs> All right, let's button this up. I love you, Merlin, man. I love you too, Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin. 